I'm worried that for some of you, I need to change the clock to three and a half minutes to get to the loo and back. So you do pretty well. Um, but it's always a push to get you back here. Um, good morning. Right, I, I need to make a complaint. It's way too quiet in here. So good morning, everybody. Come on, Joanna, where are you? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh, nice to have a bit of noise, bit of life in here. Uh, this morning, uh, we are talking about uh, Jesus' community. I want to start by just saying uh, to everybody in this room, if you're not on those pictures there, I am sorry. <laughs> um, I, I am, I'm on most of them because they are my pictures, generally. <laughs> um, and um, it's all about me, so that's a joke. Um, but yeah... They're, they're my pictures, uh, or there are a few that I grabbed off Facebook that Facebook would allow me to grab without being a member of Facebook. So apologies if you're not on there, but I do want you to be on there. But we're talking about community this morning. So a couple of things to say. If you're not on there, I'm sorry. Second is if you know anything about me, I like things neat and tidy, and that hurts my brain to look at. Um, but I have this lovely, just swish, a uh, little Jesus community slide. And I thought, no, I just want to stick some people's faces on there that I love. So there's lots of people on there that I love and some that I don't. You probably know who you are. That's a joke. <laughs> joke. Um, uh, but yeah, I just thought, I just want to stick some of the wonderful people on from our church. So those are just some that were in my library or on that I grabbed off Facebook. So um, some lovely faces for you to look at whilst you go. And the cutest is obviously little Lizzie and Hannah in the corner playing with the slime. Bath. Um, but we're in December. Just show of hands who has the tree up at home. Anybody? Oh, wow. That's a lot less than I thought. Uh, we have our tree up. Um, we're well into the swing of December now, aren't we? And Christmas is coming fast, like really fast. Um, next week, just to let you know, we're in a bit of a different month. Next week, um, the kids and the youth are going to be leading our meeting. I know. Um, I'm not 100% sure of what exactly is going to happen. But I just know it's going to be a bit different from what you're used to. Um, and let me just say, right from the beginning, I know that nobody's going to whinge or complain. I know that no one's going to grumble that it's not what they used to. I know everybody is going to be so excited to see our kids and our youth lead us in fun and activities and a nativity and worship. Um, so I know you're all excited about that, aren't you? Yeah, well, that's good. Wow, someone was really excited about it. Um, I'm excited about it. And the week after is Christmas at King's, and we have like a thousand of these little leaflets for you to give out. So please give them out to your friends, to your family, to your co-workers. We've got a silver band, and we're going to have a short talk presenting the gospel, presenting the true meaning behind Christmas. It's going to be lovely in here and Christmassy and magical, you know, all those things. So it's going to be great. So please come along, um, and please bring your friends and family too. We want to uh, just pack this place out. It'd be great. Okay, so with all that being said, this weekend marks two years since Jenny and I arrived back in the UK. Actually, it was two years last, last night that we arrived back in the UK. We were picked up at the airport in Newcastle and um, uh, by the Kennedys and the Ganaways, and we were brought back here two years yesterday. And let me just say, when we arrived back two years ago, the world looked very different. It was COVID. We moved back in COVID. And let me tell you, it was incredibly difficult to decorate 
uh, and buy everything you need from a house when there's only Sainsbury's that's open uh, out of everything. It was quite difficult. Um, but also, as a church, you, we were still meeting online two years ago. Um, no one saw each other, like ever. It was just a you know closed bubble, staying within your bubble. And um, man, I'm so glad that that's slowly, we got out of that, didn't we? And we opened up again. And we find ourselves in a very different position today uh, than we were uh, even a year ago. And over this last year, and especially over this last six months, I would say, I felt God speaking to me personally so strongly about the promises that he has over us as a church and what he has in store for us as a, as a family together. 2023, it's almost a new year. In 2023, it actually marks, I don't know if you know this, but it marks 30 years, a 30-year anniversary for us as a church since King's Church started meeting together in its current form. And at the end of next year, in November, we're going to have a big celebration and a big party uh, to celebrate 30 years of what God has done here. I mean, look how far God has brought us already. It's been incredible, hasn't it? Um, and what God's brought us through, I've got a whole idea of things that we should do, uh, but I'm seeing Mark later about church budgets. I'm hoping to squeeze a little bit of a party budget in there if we can, but we'll see what Mark says. Um, and to celebrate 30 years of what God has done. And as we want to reflect on what God's done, but what God's going to do. And we're, what we're going to do first of all next year in our 30th year is we're going to take some time not just to do a vision Sunday, so not just to do one Sunday where we say, okay, we feel this is what God is calling us towards, but actually to, to lay out a whole series uh, over several weeks um, of our core values as a church. Um, so rather than doing one Sunday to do a whole series of different things that we feel God is saying, um, and some of those will be, you know, no surprise to you, prayer, will be one of the weeks of saying we believe that prayer is core to what we do here and that will play out in a different way next year. But some of the things might shock you or maybe not shock you, but challenge you, church planting, actually. We're going to spend a week on church planting and feeling that God is calling us as a church within the next couple of years to plant from here somewhere else. And, and so some of those things are going to be really challenging and we're going to have to really trust God for. Um, but, and even if we can't see how to do it, or we don't know how to do it, he does, and he will. Um, so some of those things are going to be really challenging and exciting too. At least I'm excited. And, but one of the core values that we're going to be talking about, um, and part of our core series, is going to be community and family and belonging. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about this morning for a very good reason. We're going to be talking about Jesus community, who we are as a Jesus community. So just before I open this up, what I just want to do is just stop and pray for a second, and we're going to open this up together, okay? So Lord Jesus, we thank you so much. Uh, I thank you so much for this church, Lord. Two years, our family celebrates being back here, being part of this church, and Lord, what a beautiful, wonderful family it is, Lord. I thank you, Father, for all the people that you call to belong and to be part of your body, this church here in Darlington. And Lord, we just pray this morning that as we gather together, a sense of unity, there's a sense of togetherness as we stand, um, wanting to be your light in Darlington, Lord, the light of the world, Lord Jesus, which you are. You call us to be that light to the community around us. 
And Lord, help us to be unified together as family as we open up the subject of community together. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. So, okay, so this morning we're talking about community, about small groups, about everything that that means. Uh, And the first thing to say is, is that like, I am not bringing to you a new radical idea this morning. This is something that has been uh, part and parcel of the church in the past, and it's something that is, goes back thousands of years. This is a biblical principle that we're going to be talking about this morning. In Acts 2, 46, it says this. Every day they continued. This is the uh, young believers, new believers. They continued to meet together in the temple courts, They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Um, So believers have always come together. Um, They've come together to meet together, to talk, to share, and to have sincere hearts towards one another, towards God. Um, And we also find in verse 42, in Acts 2, 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And, and they would read the apostles' letters together. Now, we would call the apostles' letters today the Bible, Scripture. Um, that's what we would come together to read, uh, to discuss those Scriptures together, to pray, uh, to challenge one another to keep the faith, to stay strong in what we believe. You know, like there's a sense of we're together in this and small groups and meeting together during the week, not just as a church together in one big group, is where we do this. A real sense of being together, being devoted to one another, which we'll talk about a little bit as we go on. And you know what? I know that over many years, there's lots of people in this room who would have been part of one of these groups that we're going to talk about this morning. And the reality is that COVID in the previous years has played a huge role in what we can and can't do uh, socially. And since COVID, um, we found that not just in our church here, but in the church globally, that that actually community, socializing, being in one another's homes, being together in smaller groups has actually taken a real hit. And adding COVID into what our culture is becoming and fast becoming already today, which is a culture that celebrates you being independent, a culture that celebrates you being reliant on yourself. You can only count on yourself. Um, You can only depend on yourself, not needing other people, um, staying staying within your bubble. We've had a lot of that over the last few years, haven't we? Stay in your bubble, stay within your own bubble, stay safe, stay by yourself. We find that as a worldwide church and as a local church, as here, Kings in Darlington, that out of the other side, we're in a place where valuing being together in smaller groups, valuing uh, having a wider range of people in your life people that irritate you, people that you don't like, as well as the people that you do like and you want in your bubble, is actually all of that is up for question. Do we need to gather? Do we need to be together? Is it really that important? Should we just do it once a week on a Sunday? Is that really the way that we should just go forward? Well, uh, Robert Wildinger, which I love that name. Americans have the best names, aren't they? Robert Wildinger, he's a professor at Harvard University. He shared this incredible study. You can find it on a TED Talk. It's just brilliant. 
And in this study, they track the lives of 724 men, 724 men, they track their lives for 75 years. This study passes through social scientists uh, to carry on this study for 75 years, they followed these men. And every year, they would approach these men and they would ask them the same questions about their lives, about their social groups, about their life choices, and so on. And there's this variety of lifestyles that these men live and a variety of career choices that they had as well. That, you know, some of them would be bricklayers, some of them would be doctors, some of them would be stay-at-home dads, just a real wide span of men. And they looked at everything, their medical records, they looked at um, and monitored their relationships, their marriages, they talked with their wives, with their children, they, they looked at absolutely everything. And how did they sum up this, this Harvard University study, how did it sum up the tens, and thousands, tens of thousands of pages of data and insight? And how, what was their conclusion from this masses of science and research following these men for 75 years? Well, Robert Waldinger said this. He said, well, the lessons are not about wealth or fame or working harder and harder. The clearest lesson that we got in the 75 years of research is this. Good relationships keep us healthier and happier. In fact, he goes on to say that people who are part of a community, happier, healthier, they're happier, they're healthier, and they live longer than people who are less well-connected. People who choose to live isolated are less happy, they're less healthy, and they start to lose brain function much earlier than those who are not lonely, those who choose to be part of community. Isn't that incredible? You see, you were designed, you were created and hardwired to be in community. You you weren't meant to be a person who just counts on yourself. You weren't meant to be a person who lives in a bubble. If COVID's taught, taught us anything, it's taught us that, hasn't it? Like, it doesn't work. It's not nice. It does, it's not how we function, how we function. It's not how we're hardwired. And trust me, I'm a very happy introvert at times, but I, even I know that it's not how I was designed to be or how I was designed to, to live my life. And the Bible teaches, the Bible teaches that this is the, in the model that we see in the early church is that we were designed to be in community. Now, trust me, I know what you're all thinking because I've been there too. There's been a couple of times in my life where I just think, you know what, sack everyone. I'm like, I, 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 like I'm done with you all, right? Like, and I know you all think it too because sometimes you come and see me when you feel like this, but just sack everyone. Like I'm sick of everyone. Like I'm quite happily live in a cave for the rest of my life and never see anyone ever again, right? Like anybody felt like that? And like people come to you and say, are you doing all right? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. It's me. It's, I'm, I'm okay. It's everyone else that's the problem, right? Like, you know, like that, how everyone feels. I know that. But the Bible teaches, the model and the model that we find in the book of Acts, that believers are supposed to be together, community, fellowship. Uh, and you see churches... If we evangelize like crazy, that we will grow larger. There's no doubt about that. That's just what happens. If we if we grow we grow deeper through discipleship, but we grow warmer and welcoming 
through fasting. This mic's causing me some problems. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a part of a church that's just cold but cool, right? Flashy lights, but no community. Like, no one wants to be part of that church, do they? No, which is why you're all here, because it's brilliant. And these, and these groups is exactly where fellowship is going to grow. These midweek groups, meeting together in the week as groups, is exactly where fellowship is going to grow. But it's not just where we find friendship. It's, it's these places, when we meet in these small groups, they're almost like incubators. And anybody who has worked with incubators, plants or newborn babies, they know that they're safe environments. They're designed, uh, where they're designed to see what you're incubating to grow in a healthy way. And that's what these groups are when we meet together in midweek groups. They're designed to be incubators. We've learned where we learn what it looks like to be a Christian, where we learn what it looks like to practice what it is to be a Christian in a safe environment. You, re- you may remember last year we did a, a whole sermon series on one another's. And, and in these groups, we, sorry, in, this, in the sermon series, we looked at what it was how we, uh, to be a follower and how we're supposed to treat one another as a result. And we looked at many of them, uh, and, and that's what this, and we're going to look at a couple of scriptures now. Galatians 6.2, it says, carry each other's burdens. And in, the, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. I don't know about you, but or if you've noticed like I have, but life is actually pretty tough at times. Anybody notice that? Life can be really hard. You can face challenges uh, that make you feel incredibly alone at times, incredibly isolated. And in the scripture in Galatians, we read, actually, we're called to carry each other's burdens together. We're called to be in community together. You weren't designed to carry the burdens of this life alone. It wasn't for you to carry on your own. We're supposed to carry those together as community, as brothers and sisters in Christ. James 5, 26 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Romans 15, 7 accept one another, then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And last one, Colossians 3, 13, bear with each other, even the annoying person that you don't like, bear with them and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive. Forgive them. No, like, listen, forgive them. Just as Christ, the Lord, has forgiven you. We're supposed to be in this picture that Scripture gives us. An idea that this gives us an idea of what these groups should look like, but, but also it outlines the culture that we should see, not just within our church, but actually as we gather together in smaller groups, in community together, in, friend, in our friendships. This is what they should look like. This is how we're called to treat one another. And, and, and who doesn't want to be, I'm, I'm, honestly, who doesn't want to be a part of a group like that? Where you feel like people are alongside you to help you as you carry your burdens, as you carry the things that are weighing heavy on you. 
where you feel that you can be honest and open about the sins that you're struggling with and actually where you're accepted regardless of your sins, where you can confess them and say, actually, I'm struggling with this. And where you find forgiveness, even when you hurt somebody who's a friend in the group and you find that there is forgiveness. The Bible is describing a type of relationship with with your brother and sister in Christ that is a, a mutual investment in one another. Anne Ortland, uh, she wrote a book called Up With Worship, and she describes two types of communities uh, that are commonly found in churches. One she describes as a bag of marbles, where people come together in fellowship, and they're bags of marbles, excuse me, and they clack, and they clatter, and they glitter, and they throw off beautiful light, and they scratch each other. They connect. But actually what happens is they don't ever mingle. They're together, but they don't ever really intertwine. That's not the type of community that the Bible's asking us to have. The other kind of community that she describes is a bag of grapes. Shake the bag around a little and it starts to drip. Look inside the bag and it's not a pretty sight, a bit like my collage, it's just just splattered all over. It's not a pretty sight. But they're mingling. Each life bleeds into the next one. It's authentic. It's spirit-empowered fellowship. And those are the types of groups, those are the types of communities where Jesus is glorified, where where, where we're part of one another's lives we're investing in each other's lives. And let me just say this. I was praying last night um, as I was preparing. And I felt God just speak to me about this is an, an extra, you know, an, an additional extra with your walk with Jesus. This is a calling on your life. So let me say it like this. Okay, so I don't know if you've ever bought a brand new car. I've never had that privilege. I always have secondhand. But, but if, you, if you've ever bought a brand new car, and I know how it works, you, you go and see whoever you're going to see, you, whichever dealer you want to go and see, and say you decide to buy a Vauxhall. That's great. You're going to buy a Vauxhall. And um, the thing is, is that then you get a whole bunch of other choices, don't you? You get lots of extra options, thousands of them at times, you know, um, of things that you can have added to the car that you didn't know you needed until they told you you need them. So you buy a brand new Vauxhall and you choose your car and then there's things that you really don't need as some of you might argue with me. So do you want heated seats, right? Heated seats. Some of you would say that's not an additional extra. That is is absolutely essential to having a car. I would argue with you that it's not. Um, Now, I know everyone... (laughs) Everyone has their own things. But it's definitely not an essential thing to have heated seats. It's a nice to have, but it's not essential. And I'll tell you what they won't ask you when you go and buy a car. You go and get the car, brilliant. Here's your brand new Vauxhall car. Where's my steering wheel? Oh, you wanted a steering wheel. Well, you didn't select that, right? Well, that, that's not an optional extra. That is essential to me having a car. Like, I can't get to where I need to be without having a steering wheel in the car, right? Like, uh, it's not going to work. And you see, as a follower of Jesus, community is not an optional extra. 
And I felt God speak to me last night and just speaking, wanting to speak to some people here this morning to say some of you are treating community, being part of a community like a heated seat. Like it's a nice to have, but not essential. But actually I felt God say, no, you need to start treating it like a steering wheel. Without it, you're, gonna, you're not gonna get to where you're supposed to be going. It's difficult to stay on the road without a steering wheel. Do you wanna grow in your walk with Jesus? Maybe, maybe you feel like actually your life with Jesus has just stagnated a little bit. Maybe you just feel like I'm not really growing. Do you wanna mature as a disciple? Well, let me just tell you this. God wants that for you too. He wants you to grow. He wants you to mature. And part of that maturity comes from being plugged into community. Oh, that rhymes. Part of that maturity comes from being plugged into community. Should though, shouldn't they? I'm a poet and I didn't realize. You see, it's there in community where iron sharpens iron, where you are sharpened, where you grow, where you mature. And let me tell you, that friction is what's needed for you to be sharpened. That friction right there. And let me tell you, that person who drives you mad, the person who gets on your nerves, the person that you find really difficult, and you might join a small group. We're going to respond in a little while. You might join a small group and think, oh, no, not with that person. I can't stand them. They do my head in. Always talking about, you know, the stamp collection or whatever it is. You collect stamps, it's fine. But, you know, like, but, you know, you just think, oh, not that person. Well, guess what? God wants to use that person in order that you can be sharpened. He doesn't want you to stay in your little bubble, all little safety bubble, just staying safe, just stay with the people that you like, the people that don't irritate you, the people that like what you like and talk about what you want to talk about. See, God calls you outside of that, outside of your comfort zone. The scriptures imply to us that the early church saw close relationships with each other as a priority. Not a heated seat, but as a steering wheel. They saw meeting together in each other's homes as a priority where they would sit and they would reflect on what the apostles were saying. Take communion together. Learn about how to practice the one another's. Bearing with each other. Forgiving each other. Here's the thing. I believe over the coming years, God is going to grow us as a church numerically. Just think it's going to happen. Not because we can brag about a, a great big church, but because the church is so needed in this broken town. Needed. We know that God's heart is for no one to perish. Nobody. He will build this church and I believe that as we continue to have put out extra chairs every Sunday and we see more people come, that, that home groups, life groups, connect groups, I don't know what other names we've had over the years, whatever you want to call them, they're going to be essential for seeing discipleship and community stay at the heart of what, who we are as a church. Amen? There are thousands of people in Darlington that don't yet know their Father, God in heaven don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You may not have heard, um, we have a podcast stream and, and in the summer I got to do a quick podcast with a, 
with Terry Virgo when, when he was here for the conference. And he asked him, Terry, you're now like 80 plus. And if you could go back and tell young Terry as a church leader some advice that you wish you knew then that you now know, now know what, what advice would you give to yourself? He said, I would have never taken the emphasis of midweek groups. He said, over the years, these were foundational to these churches when we started them. And they've slowly slipped to an optional extra. A heated seat, if you like. He didn't use that metaphor. I made that up myself. I'm very proud of it. Um, a heated seat. Not that proud of it. It's not that good. Um, they used to be classed as steering wheels. And now they're just heated seats. Nice to have, not essential. And he said he would never have taken the emphasis off those. It's now neglected. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says this, and let us consider how we must spur one another on towards love and good deeds. You need each other. Trust me, you need each other more than you know. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. It's not a new problem, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the, the day approaching where the Lord returns and he comes to take us home. Let's keep meeting together, not give up on each other. Let's keep practicing the one another's. Let's build a community that sees disciples grow, that sees people added to the church daily. That's what it says as they met together, as they, as they gathered together. Actually, what they saw daily is the church growing. And it came from a sense of community, a sense of being together, a sense of resisting the enemy and his attacks. And, and let me just say this to finish before we get into how we're going to respond. Let's check the time. You know, let me just say this before we get into 2023. Like I said, as a church next year, we celebrate 30 years of what God has done here. Celebrate 30 years. This very building that we stand in today is a testament to God's faithfulness to us as a church. There's some people in this very room that as a result of the evangelism of this church, now know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, have been baptized even this year and now are part of God's community, sealed with him forever. You know, just yesterday, I received a text from Joy and Tony and Joy just said, look, this week we met in our small group and we had a Thanksgiving meal, very American, and they had a Thanksgiving meal and after the meal, they shared everything that they were thankful for. And she said, one of, th one of the things that regularly came up was they were thankful for the community that they were part of at King's in that group and in other groups. And it's brilliant, isn't it? We do some wonderful things here as a church. We have a cafe, a furniture scheme, warm spaces. We have Liz feeding the whole town with scones. And, you know... Um, People come in, the food bank. A food bank gave something like 95,000 bags of food out last year. It's incredible. And we have wonderful stories of people feeling connected and Christmas cake clubs. I've got a Christmas cake to ice this week. I'm so excited. We've got wonderful little nuggets of God's community and being God's light to Darlington. And you know what? The, the people have done such an incredible job. But let me just say this. You know, I think the enemy would love nothing more than for us to settle for where we are, to settle for what we have. We've taken enough ground, right? Like, we, we, we've got enough influence in this area. 
we're doing a good enough job, we're reaching lots of people. And I think the enemy would love us to go, oh, well done. How good were we? We're brilliant, aren't we? Just to settle. I don't think we're done. I think 30 years is just the start of what God is going to do in this, in this town and in this church. It's been a hard year, hasn't it? Sorry, John, I'm way off my notes. It's been a hard year. And we've had to f- resist and pray and cry and push back. You know, just next week, next Monday, we've got Bissy's funeral. Burial and then the celebration of life in the afternoon. It's been a hard year. We've had lots of knocks. And the enemy would love us just to say, it's been hard, hasn't it? Let's just settle for what we have. Just dig in. No, no. We're going to push on. We're going to watch God bring more and more people into his kingdom. We're going to see God continue to build his church. And we get to be a part of it. Isn't that incredible? We get to join God on this incredible adventure of seeing people come from the kingdom of darkness into the light, to be light to those around them. And we get to be a part of that. And, and, and being a community together in, and having small groups is just a part of those building blocks on which this church is going gonna, is gonna to be built on in the years to come. So COVID has been difficult, but we need to stop questioning whether small groups are going to be necessary. They're necessary, not only necessary, but biblical. So the way that we're going to respond is a couple of things. There's a lot to tell you about, which is why we're going to tell you over a series next month, next, next year, sorry, in the first couple of months. But let me start with small groups. We have several small groups. Small groups ready to start. We have leaders in place. Um, all of the elders, Bar, Liz, and Graham, and elders and wives are going to lead a group, Bar, Liz, and Graham, just because they run Alpha already. So, um, so we have uh, elders and some other couples that have agreed to lead groups as well. And they're ready to go in January. And at the end of January, we're going to meet elders and life group leaders to pray together. And then into February, you probably start your Bible studies and everything else that is, that is going on. And those life groups only work if they have you in them. <laughs> That's the only way they're going to work. If you're already part of a life group, which there are a few already up and running and running, been running for years and doing an incredible job, you can stay in that life group and keep going as you are. Please don't leave that. Um, keep going with that group. But the reality is, is for the majority of the church, you're not part of a midweek group, me included. Um, And we're going to be leading one, and we're going to have lots of people come and join us in that group. So in a moment, the way that we're going to respond, the band are going to come back up, and our response is going to be that there are lots of sheets of paper at the back, and you are welcome to go and write your name down to say, I want to be a part of a midweek group. Now, you might not be able to make every week. That's okay. Be connected. Be plugged in. Let your life group leaders know that you want to be a part of it, even if you can't make every week. You can write your contact number down. I know we might have it, but we might not, so just write it down. And also, you can write down your preferred evening or evenings that you can and can't do, which would be helpful when we're trying to put you into groups. 
Um, so, Ban, do you want to come back up? We're going to finish in worship. I'm going to stop talking. I told John I'd only be 25 minutes, and he said that you won't be, and I wasn't. <laughs> um, let me just invite you to stand. Can I just say before we pray, two years this weekend since Jenny and I have been back and we've been so blessed by this community. And my heart is just to see it grow, not just numerically, but just to see us grow in friendships together. And maybe you feel a little bit isolated or lonely. Just feel God saying that he sees you. He loves you. You belong here. Let me just say that, you belong here. Jesus always made people feel like he, they belonged, didn't he? Well before they believed or behaved. There's belonging for you here. Just feel God speaking that to you right now. Father, we want to thank you. Thank you for calling us, Lord. Thank you for bringing us into community, into family. We pray, Lord, as we worship, as we sing, as we glorify your name, Lord, that you would speak to us about wanting to work in us, to grow us, to disciple us. Thank you, Lord, that you started the work and you will see it through to completion. Thank you, Lord, that you take the, fa the fabulous and give them a father. Thank you, Lord, that you bring us into not just to uh, being part of something, you give us sonship, adoption. You make us daughters and sons of the king. And then you place us in family to sharpen us, to equip us, to encourage us, to forgive us, to practice forgiveness, to practice bearing with one another. All of those things. Lord, just come and remind us of your love for us. Come and remind us of the calling that you've put on our lives. Come and remind us of the promises that you've spoken to us over the years. And allow us, Lord, to dream again of what you can do through your church and through my life. Lord, allow us to have faith for what we do not yet see in our lives and in this room. Give us a sense, Lord, of your Holy Spirit moving among us and reminding us of your promises. Bring us back to that first love, Lord, to our passion for you, our passion for your name. Lord Jesus, bring about a sense of newness, of freshness. The world teaches about being in your bubble, being safe, Lord. Thank you that our security is not found in what I build around myself, but rather putting everything in what you're building. Lord Jesus, I thank you I thank you for 30 years next year, Lord Jesus, as a church meeting like this. But Lord, we pray and we say, Lord, that you're not done yet. <laughs> you're not done because this room isn't full. And we haven't gone to two services yet, Lord. We haven't needed to. And Lord, we know that you cry and you weep for those who do not yet know you. We know that you're calling them to yourself. And we know that you're going to use people like me, Lord, to share the gospel message. Lord, I thank you that when the church devoted themselves to meeting together, that you added to them daily. 
And Lord, how we long to see you do that here. So Lord, we go back to the basics. We go back to the fundamentals and we say, Lord, use me, work through me. And I willingly surrender my life to you again this morning. Just as we worship, I want to encourage you, if you're not part of a midweek group at the moment, please go and write down your name. There's tables at the back. If you don't go, I'm not looking at you. I'm just going to be worshiping. Please go and write down your name and say, I want to be part of a group. I want to grow. I want to see this church grow. I want to see warmth and friendliness and friendships and real authentic relationships here in this church. And I want to be a part of that. In Jesus' name, everybody said.